and welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talk to Rick Thompson, Ryan Thompson, and Susan McDiad from the Pickleball Guelph Association, or the PGA. Pickleball is huge. If you're not sporty like me, you may not have noticed, but consider this line from a recent CNN business story. Quote, the number of people playing pickleball grew by 159% over three years to 8.9 million in 2022, according to the Sports and Fitness Industry Association, unquote. Here in Canada, a survey conducted by Pickleball Canada in January 2022 showed that 8% of Canadian households have at least one pickleball player who plays at least once a month, and the total number of pickleball players in Canada has tripled over the two previous years. The pickleball revolution is real, and it's the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. It almost seems like a joke. There we were in the budget confirmation meeting when one of the delegations were members of the Pickleball Guelph Association. Their concern was the lack of pickleball space in Guelph and whether the city might be able to develop more space that was expressly for pickleball. The problem for pickleballers in Guelph, you see, which is a problem for a lot of different sports, is that most of the places where people play pickleball are essentially adaptive reuse. That means they're playing pickleball on tennis courts or badminton courts. And those are all different games with different rules and regulations, despite the fact that they are all essentially games with rackets and nets. Guelph wasn't prepared for the pickleball explosion, but then again, nobody was. Back last fall, there was a story on CBC KW that raised the alarm about how local parks and rec facilities were not keeping up with the pickleball demand. Members of the Pickleball of Waterloo-Wellington Region, or POWER, were also reusing tennis and badminton courts. They were drawing pickleball lines on the court in chalk, and they were seeing more interest than the ability to accommodate that interest. POWER like the Pickleball Guelph Association, has about 200 members. But more than the personal enjoyment of local pickleball players, groups like Power and PGA are making the case that pickleball should be made central to a plan that draws tourism to this region. Now, there's no doubt that pickleball is a thing and it's happening, but I was admittedly still skeptical. Is this a pickleball world now and we're just living in it? To find out... I went to the source. So on this week's edition of the Guelph Politicast, I talked to Rick Thompson, Ryan Thompson, and Susan McDiad about Pickleball's origin story, how each of the members found their way to the sport, and why they combined their efforts with others to form the Pickleball Guelph Association. We will also talk about the reach of Pickleball beyond the local, how we can be sure that this Pickleball craze is more than just a fad, and how they are coordinating with other Pickleball groups to promote participation in the sport and its accommodation. And finally, we will talk about the sport's appeal, where pickleball is going next, and whether advocacy is a double-edged sword in terms of encouraging more people to get into the game that's already struggling to manage the numbers it has. So I caught up with members of the Pickleball Guelph Association last week via Zoom. So I'm being joined today by members of the Pickleball Guelph Association, the PGA. I don't know if uh, other sports orgs are going to be coming for that acronym, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I'll introduce the panel. I'll start with the uh, first person on my screen here, which is Rick Thompson. Good morning, Rick. Hi, Adam. Uh, next, uh, Ryan Thompson. 
Uh, no coincidence here. Uh, the Thompsons are related. Hello, Ryan. Good morning. And then finally, uh, Susan McDade. How are you, Susan? I'm well, thank you. Good morning. Uh, well, since Susan, you're on my screen first, I'm going to go through each of you, uh, do a kind of like a round of uh, how you became involved with pickleball. How did you catch pickleball fever, as it were? And we'll start with you, Susan. Um, well, so I'm a lifelong tennis player, first of all, and uh, um, getting to be advanced age and uh, having a few injuries under my belt for uh, all those things, as well as other sports that I played all my life. Um, I just uh, was introduced to pickleball, just, of course, hearing about it, like everyone else, just what is this pickleball thing? And the <laughs> fact that it already resembled a, a racket sport that I'm, I was a big enthusiast of, I thought, well, maybe this will be a little easier on the body. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Um, and so, yeah, just went out and decided to give it a try and really, really loved it as uh, I do tennis and uh, fell in love with the, the easier, more fun sport, very social sport, and just started playing outdoors and indoors in uh, the Guelph venues. And uh, yeah, been hooked ever since. And that was a little less than five years ago. Rick, I'll ask you next. How did you become involved in pickleball? Uh, well, the seed was really planted about four years ago. I happened to be at a poker game with a bunch of friends. And uh, when one of the fellow's wives came back from playing pickleball and was uh, raving about the fun she was having in the game. So following on that, I signed on to the Guelph Wellington Seniors Association and they had an active group and uh, I joined up with them. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. So. Mm -hmm. So tennis for one, poker for the other. Ryan, <laughs> I'm very interested to hear how you got into pickleball now. Yeah, no tennis or gambling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I knew about pickleball through my father, but it was still at the senior citizens level, we'll say, um, with the knowledge base there. And a couple of years later, I was introduced uh, to a shoe brand that was starting up. And my background is in digital marketing, startups. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, so it was very intriguing to find that a new shoe was being developed and uh, was asked to kind of go look into the sport a little bit. So I ventured out to Waterloo um, that had more of a mix of pickleball players. And I, I went to RIM and I tried the sport and uh, never looked back. I uh, got involved with the shoe business and turned into a pickleball nut. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the whole town's becoming pickleball nuts. But Susan, I'm going to come back to you because uh, you've been referred to me as the association's pickleball expert. So can you talk a bit about the the origin, <laughs> <laughs> the origin of the sport? Well, yeah. that's a bit of an exaggeration, but yeah. So I can talk a little bit about that. And what and um, it actually started in 1965. And what's really significant here, you know, we talk about. Um, I talked already about being in an advanced age, and Rick, of course, is my age, and talking about the seniors playing pickleball. But the reality of the game was actually developed for children. So in 1965, there was a group of families that spent weekends on an island uh, called Bainsbridge Island in uh, Washington State. And as typical summer, the kids were complaining about being bored. So the dads got together and said, okay, come on, let's go out and do something. One of the backyards the, the, had a um, badminton court, but the badminton equipment was gone. There, nobody knew where it was, but what they found was paddle, um, uh, ping pong paddles. 
and they still had the net and then they had a hollow plastic ball from a child's baseball game and so they said okay well let's just play with this sort of thing we've got this hodgepodge of equipment let's just figure out a game we can play with this so initially they did they played badminton with this silly stuff and it became very clear that that was going to be too difficult for the children to get the ball keep the ball in the air with these small paddles over a high net so the first two rules were developed right from there as they lowered the net to tennis height and they allowed the ball to bounce again to make it family and child friendly so there's where the resemblance of tennis came so because pickleball really resembles badminton ping pong and tennis so you can see how where that all came from so those were the first really uh dynamics of the early game and what you also have to remember is this was just a bunch of families fooling around on a court back in 1965 with no forecast of what would happen to this sport in the future. So there's no really hard archive. It's all just memories of those who were there that summer. So over the summer, there was lots of tweaking and arguing of how they would create the sport um, just for themselves, of course. And uh, um, so the, the main objectives was it had to be family friendly. It had to be easy to learn. It had to be uh, a game where children could play and become accomplished at. Uh, I know it's known as a seniors game sort of recreationally now, but that's just not true. And that's not the original um, uh, objective of the game. And so it sort of just transpired from there and why it resembles those three sports. And of course, there's lots of uh, rules to follow, new rules to follow, but they, they tweaked it through that summer and the following summer. And one of the uh, rules that's really interesting, and I don't want to take up too much time, <laughs> is about this um, non-spiking rule. And that's sort of unique to pickleball. I don't know if you've heard about that, mm. that one of the neighbors that came over to start to play at that, in that summer back on Brainsbridge Island happened to be a fellow that was sort of north of six feet tall. And he had a habit of standing up at the net and just smashing it down. Well, of course, children couldn't uh, manage that very well. So this whole rule came into play that um, the, the, the families that developed the rules, the three families were the Pritchards, the Bells and, and the McCallums. So they decided, look, buddy, you can't do that. So we're going to put in this rule of there's an area on the court where you cannot slam a volley of the balls. So that became known as the no volley zone or what's affectionately known as the kitchen. You've probably heard heard that mm -hmm. word thrown out about pickleball is the kitchen. And that's mm -hmm. sort of unique to pickleball as opposed to badminton and tennis. And uh, anyway, so that's where it all started. Just these three families fooling around, trying to keep the kids from being bored one summer, <laughs> using using a hodgepodge of equipment. Uh, and it all kind of started from there. Um, in its very very early days so mm -hmm. and do you want to know why it's called pickleball i'm sure that's going to be one of yes your yes <laughs> of course okay well let's get that out of the way right away <laughs> because it's a bit of a controversy because as i said it, there's no hard archives it's all based on people who were there that summer and their memories and I don't know, you've all, we've all had the experience where we've gone to maybe a family event and you start reminiscing about a childhood uh, memory and somebody steps in and says, no, 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 that's not what happened. <laughs> and so that's sort of what's happened with pickleball. So the McCallums or Barney McCallum in, in particular, and it, and it should be noted that Barney just passed away in 2019. Uh -oh. He was one of the founding developers back in 1965. He has maintained and has been quoted, and there are um, video interviews, video interviews of him as well, maintaining that Pickleball is named after Pickles the Dog 
because pickles, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> speaking of dogs. Speaking of dogs, yes, thank you for that. Pickles the dog, uh, run onto the court, steal the ball and run away. However, the Pritchards maintain, Frank Pritchard is the son who was one of the 13-year-old boys that was there that summer who was complaining of being bored. He maintains, no, 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 my mother named the sport after a boat. And the boat is um, a boat that enters a regatta that is just made up of a hodgepodge of leftover equipment and people to man the boat. And it's just a silly thing. So it make, they both make sense. And so just pick a camp. So the Pritchard say it's named after the pickle boat and the McCallum say it's named after the dog. And what does it matter? It's fun. All right. Well, we uh, we appreciate that Susan's dog has very strong feelings about the origin of the name. <laughs> but Rick, I'll, I'll turn to you next um, and talk about how pickleball landed in Guelph and, and how the association came about. So the history of the association goes back probably a couple of years when I got involved with the uh, the seniors group and they had playing space at the West End Rec Center, a community center and the Evergreen Center. So it was it was all seniors at that point in time as far as I was concerned. And they had segmented into different skill level groups and each of those groups was incredibly oversubscribed and you would show up at the West End and there could be 35, 40 players uh, showing up and the playtime was maybe a couple hours and we were we were arranging ourselves on, on sort of the bleachers there and it, it just became uh, confusing and frustrating for a lot of people. So, so the next step that the folks that were running the, the seniors group, which is basically Rudy and Cheryl, today they're doing that, um, they broke it down into more specific skill levels. Mm. So there was kind of a, a beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And then they started to chunk out play space to each of the facilities based on that. However, that did not diminish the number of people wanting to play. Uh, so that, that became the inherent problem. And uh, they started trying to cap the number of players and ended up with a fairly significant wait list. So they have now, I think, 180 active players and about 120 on a wait list. And that had been in perpetuity because I don't think that wait list has changed a whole lot over the years because there's so many people that keep signing up that it just it just keeps going forward like that. Is that just the seniors group? Yeah, yeah. So okay. that's 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 the seniors group. When you look at the the all ages group or whatever, 16 plus, 14 plus, wherever you want to start that out. Uh, there's simply in Guelph, no place to play indoors. Uh, there's there's capacity outdoors once the weather warms up, of course, and and the city's line tennis court. So that option exists. But indoors, there's, there's absolutely no place for the all ages group to go. Uh, and that's kind of, in, in some regards, how this Pickleball Guelph Association got started. Mm-hmm. So just to, to to frame it for everybody, um, is there, whether indoor or outdoors, is there like a space in Guelph right now that is like, we designed this space to be a pickleball court? No, there are no, no dedicated facilities in Guelph for pickleball. So it's yeah. all adaptive. It's badminton or tennis the rest of the time. And then it's pickleball when the, the players come to play pickleball. 
Yeah, so we're, we're playing on, on multi-sport courts, if you will. So like you say, it's tennis, outdoors, indoors, it, it's badminton, and, and you go to some of these gyms, it's uh, it, it's quite a, uh, a mix and mash of, of lines. So, it, I mean, it works. It works. Um, Ryan, I'm going to direct this one to you next um, to talk a bit about sort of the broader phenomenon. You, you talked about how you came at this essentially from a business perspective, if they're designing shoes for pickleball, there's a market for shoes. So, you know, for somebody like me who was at city council one day and there were three men talking about how there's a pickleball revolution in, in Guelph and around the world. Uh, I mean, how, how did this come about? I mean, how long has this undercurrent been here? Uh, in, in Canada specifically, a, a little bit slower. The undercurrent's been been here, but it's been building uh, progressively. And and the more the states become um, more notable for the you know people that are getting behind this the sport, it's just drawing more attention up here in Canada. Um, and, and yeah, the market opportunity for for new brands to enter, um, for existing brands to reinvent themselves with this sport. Um, we're seeing restaurants, facilities that were, you know, um, underutilized, um, that had been run down perhaps because the attraction with other sports wasn't drawing in audiences. They're coming back to light. And so it's breathing new, uh, you know, new, new breath in, into all of these, um, different uh, establishments and it's providing new platforms all across America and now into Canada where it makes sense because it's drawing a lot of tourism back into these locations. So, you know, um, cities have been drawing a lot of tax dollars for this purpose and to reuse those dollars for um, building new, um, you know, events that draw engagement and audience into cities that start to fill up hotels, local restaurants, and Pickleball is doing a phenomenal job with that. Um, you know, looking at in, in the States and here in Canada, uh, for any tournament you try to go to, you're, you're needing to book a hotel well in advance of a month or two months to just get a spot now. Um, so it's, you're starting to see that, that effect, that mass effect and the movement start to grow from the U S up here in Canada. Um, but the opportunities are great. We call it, you know, it's a blue ocean right now for, for people. Mm. Uh, when you're talking about these tournaments, um, are these big markets, small markets, you know, uh, is it seniors? Uh, is it all ages or is it, I mean, is also, I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, is there kind of like some sort of professional pickleball? Because we're talking about it from the point of view of like, hey, get out and enjoy and and I guess from an intramural level. But I mean, is there like a professional pickleball circuit as well? There is. Yeah, um, there's there's the Major League Pickleball that started in, in the U.S. and that was a, a couple of years ago. Um, it started small. It started with a, a couple of team team owners. They have their own, own format um, and it's a team play style. Uh, so it's very much focused on two versus two. And then they have some um, other play rules and formats to um, work and deal with tiebreakers. But they have the professional league there. And that's where you saw this past uh, couple of years where Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> the list goes on, LeBron James. Um, I mean, the, the list of names that have gotten behind the professional pickleball league were quite extensive. 
So that was really the kickoff to saying, hey, um, the professional league is here. Um, and also the players that have been in the U.S. have been, you know, needing a platform to play for and to play towards. Right now, it's been very low prize money. And the Major League Pickleball um, platform really amped that up to where this year it's a $5 million um, prize pool. So, um, so a group of us, uh, to let you know, have, have formed the Canadian National Pickleball League, and we're looking to develop Canada's future and platform for this sport um, from youth all the way up, where everybody can play. And we do have a similar platform um, to which the states have created uh, so that can, you know, Canada can be preparing itself to be competitive. Um, and we hope that the Olympics is around the corner for everybody to uh, compete at. I imagine, Susan, the no spiking rule probably goes double, maybe triple for LeBron James, but uh, that's, not <laughs> what, that's not what I want to ask you about. You know, it strikes me, you know, sometimes with these sm- sports that, you know, a small group plays kind of takes off, um, you know, there's a kind of ownership if you're kind of like on the ground level of, of, <laughs> of something and you're like, well, I liked it before it was cool kind of thing. Um, for, so from your perspective, you know, what What have you been thinking as you sort of been watching this explode and watching more and more people get into this, more and more skill levels, more and more, you know, younger people um, get into pickleball? And, and you know, how, how has that made you feel as, I guess, an early adapter? Well, no, I'm excited. You know, I, I don't have any sense of ownership of, of uh, this is my sport, go away. No, absolutely. And I'm a pickleball coach for intro players for all levels. And uh, it's nice to see that sometimes being taught in the elementary school system. Um, because again, it originated as a child's game and it's uh, badminton is taught in school. Why not pickleball? And it uh, transfers well outdoors uh, after school is done and uh, can be played again by mixed levels and families. And no, it's, it's great. Uh, the, the more the merrier. It's, uh, it's a fantastic sport for all ages at all levels. And it's, it's about fun and fitness. And that's what it was always about right from the beginning. And it's great to see it turn into a professional thing as well just like any other sport has its uh, amateur level and recreational level and professional level why not pickleball so yeah no absolutely i'm 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 all for the advancement in in all levels and all areas why not i guess part of that too is you you kind of it was kind of a lateral move for you to go from tennis to pickleball they're they have their similarities obviously mm-hmm. i guess does it surprise you that Maybe people who would never think about picking up a tennis racket will, will pick up a pickleball paddle. Like it, it, there seems to be some, I guess, some kind of like nexus where people who would never, you know, think about tennis, maybe never think about badminton. Um, you know, this speaks to people in a, in a more universal way than than something like any of those sports. Absolutely. And and I teach uh, intro classes with PGA. And I would say probably about 75% of people that have entered the class have, have played either tennis or badminton. Who hasn't? We were all taught badminton in, in school. Um, and, and a few others have, uh, you know, played ping pong, obviously recreational in their basement with their ping pong table. But, uh, and then at least 25% have not, have not done any of the above. And we're just looking at ways to, to stay social, stay fit. I don't know if the pandemic had anything to do with it. It was like, I'm tired. I got to get out. I got to do something. Pickleball looks like fun. It looks like it's easy to learn. Um, want to see what all the rush, some of it's just curiosity. So probably, 
75, 25, 75% people have had some kind of experience with a, a net sport or a, or a pat, rocket sport or a paddle sport, and a good 25%, maybe even more, have done none of the above. And uh, yeah, and, and can and get into it and learn it very quickly and very easily. This is uh, probably one, if not the only sport that I'm aware of that is not gender specific in any fashion. Mm. Um, so men, women, and young people can almost play on a level playing field and they can play recreationally, they can play competitively, and now they can play professionally. And it goes from, you know, being able to hang on to a paddle as, as a child to people that are playing 80 plus. Mm -hmm. So that in terms of the sporting world, in, in my experience, is completely unique. And the only other parallel, which is, I don't think it's, it's, it's parallel really is, is golf which is an, is an all ages mm -hmm. sport and, and, and you can play, you know, well into your, you know, advanced age. So that's, that's one of the real cool aspects of the sport mm -hmm. and the social environment brings people together. And again, it, it, it's, it's across all ages and, and all levels, the social element. So that's, that's a big attraction to a lot of people. So. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I did want to address uh, my next question to you, Rick. So you're already on my screen. Um, and this has to do with kind of the advocacy side of this. I'm going to come at this kind of with, with this initial question. Um, your advocacy for pickleball, it strikes me that it's also promotion for pickleball. <laughs> Are you worried that, you know, it, given the, the, the tight, um, the, 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 the tight sort of demands of, um, of pickleball and Guelph right now, wait lists to get on teams and, and to get gameplay, like it, in the act of, trying to get more uh, facilitation uh, for the sport is actually encouraging participation? Or are, are you worried that you might be overwhelmed with pick, with potential pickerball, pickleballers? <laughs> well, I, I, I suppose the answer to that, it, it's, it's inherent in the organic growth of pickleball. So whether it was us or anybody else, uh, the, the growth will continue and people will keep looking for places to play. So that's sort of the, the, the genesis of this Pickleball Guelph Association was a group of people saying, how can we provide capacity and uh, resources and, and playing venues for the pickleball crowd? Because it impacts on us directly uh, because there's no place for us to play either. So it, it just became a, a launch platform, if you will, to, to acquire playing capacity. And that led us down the road, which is natural of dealing with the city. Mm -hmm. because the city really in in my opinion is uh, they're the gatekeeper for sports facilities in any city and specifically we're talking Guelph so that gave us an opportunity to engage with the city which we've done um, uh, that started out uh, sort of with with baby steps we're now at the point where we formed a, it's being called pickleball quarterly we're meeting with the city on a regular basis they they're leaning in in terms of uh, providing facilities or, or investigating facilities. We are now on the radar with city council. So all of this is done in the interest of bringing playing capacity and some organization to the huge number of people that are playing pickleball. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not going to get smaller over time. And there's no indication that this this growth trend will will quit in the short term. We're recording this on on March. 24th friday march 24th we were both at the sports council town hall that councillor gibson held 
on Thursday night, last night as we're recording. Uh, I wonder, in so much as there was a lot of camaraderie in that room about, you know, a lot of sports associations who are all kind of looking for a lot of the same things, more space, more accommodation, uh, more support. Um, are you worried that um, this isn't just sort of like a competition, I guess, or maybe that it is a competition that, you know, you're, you're uh, one sport inside a, a, a ecosystem of many sports. We're all kind of asking for the same things, you know, in so much as there was camaraderie last night. Are you worried that um, maybe this is going to be a death race of a sort that, you know, pickleball is going to be asked to, um, you know, justify its its advocacy next to tennis or badminton, you know, all that all of these kind of similar spaces are pushing for the same accommodation um i i think it's fair to have to justify our our demands or our advocacy how whatever term you want to use uh and i I think that applies to any sport uh if if you've got demand and and people wanting to play and you can you can demonstrate that there is an obligation for the city to provide that kind of, of capacity or facility if you will and if other organizations don't have the capacity and have if it's inequitable in terms of what they're getting in the way of space or resources from the city, that has to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So I think this, the sports council concept carries some weight from the viewpoint of a of a collective voice saying we need more, we need better, we need different. Mm-hmm. How that trickles down to individual sports, that's really uh, a challenge that the city has. And the city has great intentions. There's, there's no question there. They want to do what's right. But they're constricted with with budgets, with uh, with uh, regulations, with land capacity. So they've got a continual growing list of challenges. And it's not that they don't want to do all the right things for everybody. It's almost impossible. And and uh, so so far as we get uh, closer to them and get to know them personally, uh, we start to understand better the challenges that that they're faced with, and they're they're significant. Five million dollars in prize money might buy a lot of uh, pickleball space, uh, Ryan. <laughs> uh, but but I did want to ask you about sort of like the outside picture because I, just exploring issues of pickleball on the internet and you know the issues that the the PGA is is facing are not unique to the PGA and they're not unique to Guelph. KW right up the street has a lot of the same issues. So is is there any kind of coordination between pickleball associations across Ontario, even just across the region to to say like the revolution is real, it's happening and we need our, our governments to sort of get on board with it. Well, there's regulatory bodies. There's pickleball Ontario, which we're, we're affiliated with them and they bring together. I'm not sure, you know, dozens of, of pickleball associations like ours. Um, I think they have about 7,000 individual members and that, that number is increasing regularly and they feed into the Pickleball Canada system, uh, which is the, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I would call them a governing body, they're, they're, they're <laughs> the, the guiding resource, if you will, for, for Pickleball on a national basis. But Pickleball Canada, as an affiliate with them, they provide us as an association all kinds of, of services. That, uh, uh, there, there are our website platform. Um, there are payment gateway. There are membership enrollment services. 
Um, they provide guidelines in terms of rules and regulations and, and all those kinds of things. And each one of our members is by association connected with Pickleball Ontario and, and Pickleball Canada. So, okay. so, yeah, there's a fairly well-developed network of, of associations or organizations to oversee the sport. And Ryan, I want to look at this at the other, from the business side of it. Is there, or how, I guess, how deep is the awareness from like people who can, you know, either, you know, come up with facilities who can, you know, participate in tournaments, be sponsors in tournaments. How, how, how much penetration has there been in like outside the pickleball world that pickleball is, is a thing and it's happening and it, it's, it's a lucrative thing that people can jump on. Yeah, so I, I could I would consider, especially in the Canadian marketplace, um, this year to be the planning year mm. where you're going to see a lot of construction um, starting to happen over the next year or two with uh, new facilities and developments and investment coming into this. Um, but I think all of that planning, just like um, your previous question with, you know, is everybody working together? All of those connections are starting to form. Everybody's coming up and, you know, through the pipelines with their different skill sets. Um, you know, people are starting to really pitch in and, and get together and that's creating, you know, different business opportunities. But I think you're going to see a lot of uh, facilities and infrastructure being built for the growth of pickleball over the next year. People are taking a real big bet on it. And I think it's becoming less of a bet. Interesting. You mentioned the five million dollar prize money. I don't know if you noticed, my eyes went kind of wide. It's like, what, like there's five million dollars in prize money for pickleball. I feel like there's maybe a connection to esports. I think when you talk to a lot of people about esports and video get like professional video game players, and you talk about the amount of money in those, people are layman, layman, in other words, lay people are kind of shocked. Um, just to like how lucrative esports can be. Are and again, maybe you can speak to this from a business perspective, but I mean, are we seeing like a, a kind of like a sports sporting shift like into like we're kind of going away from maybe what we would consider the quote unquote traditional sports like baseball or football or hockey or whatever. And we're, we're kind of creating a an, an, in, an entirely new lucrative sports ecosystem, as it were. I don't know if it's going to draw away from our our big sports, but we're definitely catching up with the same number of players, uh, recreational players, as some of the biggest sports like um, you know football. So our player base for pickleball in general is getting up there recreationally. I think that's going to just you know um, by default um, you know provide a really large player base. Uh, and and the five million dollars, I mean, really that that's coming to fruition now because of the uh, appetite for people to start owning teams and really invest in the future uh, of pickleball. And I think the biggest um, the biggest goal is to get players to where they can earn respectful salaries, where they can live mm -hmm. and practice and get better at their craft. And that's what we're hoping to do in Canada is get players to a level where. In you know, for instance, the Canadian National Pickleball League, we're offering a $100,000 player payout to the eight teams that will be drafted and playing this season. But we're hoping to develop the sport so we can actually, you know, pay out salaries and, and, and players can start to take off first two or three months to practice. Right now, players don't have the ability to, you know, leave work in Canada and go to the expense of the United States and try to practice for very little prize money. So I think as the money grows, as the interest grows, as the platforms become more viable and sustainable, 
this is going to really provide um, new areas for these players to grow this into becoming a career and not just this bubble right now where businesses are trying to just jump into it. Because if there's no players and we don't grow the players and the base of players to be way larger than it is today with mm. the rankings that are current that currently exist, we won't have a very expansive league or a very, um, I'd say, exciting league to broadcast, which is all the ultimate goal here is to um, put on a really exciting show, just like the other big sports can. Um, and I think that's the end goal. So developing players and developing a really exciting platform to be seen as a, a broadcast that might tie into the e to the esports world too at some point. I I don't think pickleball takes away from any sport. I think it's an add-on to everybody's sports menu, if you will. Uh, I don't think anyone has quit playing golf or tennis or or any other sport. They've just simply added pickleball to the selection of things that they can do, and it's. It, it's not time intensive and it's not expensive. So the, there's a very uh, low cost of entry, uh, both time-wise and, and finance-wise. So like I said, I, I think it's an add-on, not a takeaway. Unfortunately, I, I do want to kind of, I don't want to wrap this up, but I know we could talk about pickleball all day, but I'm going to do a, a round just to sort of wrap up. Um, and I'll start with you, Susan. Uh, where do you see, whether it's Guelph, pickleball, or whether it's, the, the sport in general, where do you see things like a year from now, a couple of years from now in terms of, of the pickleball growth and, and the, the, the participation in the sport? What are, what are your kind of predictions? Uh, well, I continue to grow for sure. Um, I mean, my focus strictly is uh, from the recreational standpoint. And just given uh, what the interest has been in our advertised introductory courses that sell out every month and were completely sold out till the uh, end of the year, end of uh, uh, spring, is just, you know, taking that as an, uh, an indication of how the demand is that people want to learn it. Um, I don't see it slowing down for sure. I see it continuing to grow and younger people. The classes that I teach are not seniors. It's um, 18 and up. And so there's been lots of uh, university aged people joining my classes. It's an all age class. Uh, so if that's any indication, obviously, I believe it's still going to continue to grow. And so hopefully demand will precede supply and that uh, uh, as Rick is working on is get the attention of the those who can uh, in the city or whoever can help out with um, with venues. And uh, yeah, so a year from now, more players uh, still may be a struggle for playing space uh, until they catch up with us. But yeah, continue, continued growth for, at all ages. I, I think there's starting to be a mindset shift that this is not a, a senior's game, that this is an all levels game. This is a family game. This is a young people's game. Um, and the more exposure, of course, that it gets on YouTube and on television and see what the professionals are young people. Um, yeah, just continued growth and maybe still more struggles for venue. Yeah. Ryan, uh, same question to you. Where do you see uh, pickleball in a year or two? Yeah, I mean, I, I really echo the words that Susan just said there. Maybe I, I do see that, Adam, you might be a 4.0 player in one year from now. I think that might be fair to say. <laughs> Um, so that's one strong prediction that I'm going to make, you know, during this podcast, that I'm going to stick by you will be a 4.0 if you go to Susan's classes. Uh, no, I do think the youth will get much, much more active in this sport. And I think that's a great focus. Um, everything else will will work itself out. And I think all all associations will grow together. The sport will grow together and new connections and relationships will form. Rick, same question to you. 
So a year from now, my 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 vision, my hope, my my uh, dream, if you will, is that we have dedicated facilities, mm-hmm. and that would be indoor and outdoor. Um, I, I think we're we're definitely on the radar of the city. I think the city's excited to uh, explore pickleball and, and get more involved, and in, and in not only from the viewpoint of of uh, its its uh, responsibilities to the residents, but I think they can also look towards sports tourism as being something. Uh, that that will be a payback for them. Um, longer term, we're talking leagues, inner city, youth development, all all kinds of positive things. It's just it's just a great sport, and that's what we're trying to do is is uh, encourage participation and uh, and provide a, a a backstop, if you will, for for places to play and how to learn to play the game. I'm going to do one quick uh, round uh, in in uh, in terms of just asking everyone. Uh, you know, Susan, you have classes. I don't know if you you're so booked up, you want to promote it. But in terms of like, if you want to promote that, or you know, how people can help out and and help build pickleball as as uh, one of the preeminent sports, um, how can they do that? And we'll, Susan, we'll start with you. Uh, well, yeah, join PGA for one thing. We, it's, um, we're always looking for to expand our members base as well as our volunteer base. So, um, getting, uh, joining our, our association would be a good start. Uh, coming out to our drop in uh, pickleball dates on uh, Saturdays and Sundays right now, Saturday evenings, Sundays, then you can find that on our website. Um, yeah, just get, just get out. If you've been thinking about it and you're wondering about it, just, just, yeah, come on out and uh, join in and become a volunteer and play the game, and you, you'll you'll be uh, you'll be hooked. Ryan, yeah, I think again I'll, I'll echo those words. Where um, you know, join join the PGA, get involved. You'll find out there's more information. There's a lot of folks that are building brands, uh, building business around this sport, and like I said, relationships and connections are being made on the court. It's a great sport, so you know, get be a part of the PGA. Rick, last words. Join the PGA. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure which Thompson is the real marketing expert here now. Huh? <laughs> it's genetic. It's genetic. Fair enough. Well, Rick, Ryan, Susan, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing where the pickleball revolution takes us next and whether uh, I, I can't promise I'll get enveloped in it. But, uh, you know, who knows what tomorrow will bring. But thanks so much for all your time today. Thank you. Thanks, John. And once again, that was Rick Thompson, Ryan Thompson, and Susan McDiet from the Pickleball Guelph Association. You can follow the PGA at their website, pickleballguelph.ca. The PGA's next intro to pickleball session is sold out, but you can email the PGA at info at pickleballguelph.com to learn about how you might be able to get involved. They are also having indoor pickleball games hosted by the PGA, and they are playing Saturday nights at Mitchell Woods Public School, and they are adding a new night on Tuesdays at the Holy Trinity Catholic School, and that starts on April the 11th. So to get all that information again, just look up pickleballguelph.ca to find out how you can get involved. And that is it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. And to learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you will get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. 
You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. You can follow me at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram, or you can send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. If you would like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico, you can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And finally, for all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca where we will have a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, we will see you next time.